0: We'll be reading out of Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit Himself He intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts... Knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. This is the Word of God for the people of God. So how many of you love it when people pray for you? You you do, don't you? And the more closer the connection that that person has, the better it is that they're praying for you, right? It may be that Man, if I could just get Pastor Phil to pray for me, because his connection to God is is a whole lot better than mine. At some point in time, all of us, it doesn't matter what church you've been to or where where you've grown up or what, you're like, there's that one person, even if it's the pastor. Man, I got to get the pastor to pray because him and God, man, they're like that. Right? We think that way. It's not right. But we think that way. We think that the closer someone is to God, the better off we have at our prayers being heard or answered in the way we want. But we do. We hope, don't we? Sometimes we weasel our way in to get a connection with somebody that we think has a better connection than we do. Sometimes we are at a point of praying, and we do. We pray, but we don't hear anything. Crickets. That's all I'm getting. How about if I go talk to this person? Maybe this person has some deeper insight or an answer. The passage that we just read tells us that the Holy Spirit prays for you. Listen, listen to that. The Holy Spirit prays for you. Something tells me you can't get any closer connection than that. Right? It is. It's the most closest connection. It's the Trinity. It's the three in one. God's very Spirit lives in you. But yet we have to, in our humanity, find somebody that we can lay our eyes on because that way I know that I have seen that person and that person has a strong connection with God and that person can get to God quicker than I can. When all the while, the very Spirit of God lives in us. When you don't know the title of the sermon today. Probably should have written it out, the fear of the unknown. Because oftentimes that's our greatest fear, isn't it? We don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. I'm not sure how this situation is going to play out. I don't know. And you know what? That scares me. may not admit it, but it does. It scares us the fear of the unknown. But the passage that we just read flies in the face of that. It lets us know that there is not an unknown. God knows. He knows everything. God knows. So how do we transition our fear into faith? Because that's what this passage is also talking about. And we'll get to that. But ultimately, this passage is talking about the fear of the unknown. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In our weaknesses. Who's willing to admit that they're weak? I am. I've been knocked down enough, I understand. I don't have it all together. But that's part of what we need to face. What are our weaknesses? When Paul is writing here to this Roman church, he is telling them your weaknesses. Here's what that word means. It is both physical and spiritual. Your weaknesses are both physical and spiritual. Of the body, it's your weakness. It's your frailty. But it is also feebleness in your health. So Paul is writing, and right out, of the, right out of the gates here, he says that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In your body, when you are feeble, frail, sick, He helps you. The Spirit helps you. It's of the body. Second, it's also of the soul. In the Greek, it means... To understand a thing. A lot of times we get afraid when we don't, what? Understand. That's where our fear starts creeping up. It's an unknown. I don't understand. Why did this happen? I don't understand how to get through this. I don't understand. How am I going to get this bill paid? I don't understand. And the list can go on and on, can it? But Paul's addressing that, telling us that the spirit that lives in you knows that. He helps you in your weakness. The question is, what's your weakness? What are you facing now, today? It also talks about in your soul that you can do great and glorious things. So He helps you in your weakness. When there are things that you know God has called you to do that seem too great or glorious beyond who you are, then the Spirit helps you do those things. It's a restraint for corrupt desires. Well, you know, Pastor Ian, I really have a weakness of, and you know mine, it, it, snickerdoodles, peanut butter M&Ms, I mean, you know, the list goes on. I mean, how many people do you know that actually have a gumball machine in their house that dispenses peanut butter M&M's? If you didn't, you do now. But we have our weaknesses. We have those things that come against us and, and we face corrupt desires. That's the sin nature. And we have it. But see, that's part of the weaknesses that Paul's telling us about, that the Spirit helps us against. And He helps us, the last part of the weakness in the spiritual category, is to help us bear up against trials and troubles. Now, who would have ever imagined that that one word, weakness, means all that? That hits every one of us somewhere somewhere. Somehow, doesn't it? And the scriptures tell us, the Spirit helps us in our, you fill in the blank. The Spirit helps me in my ex. And part of the victory is calling it out, is it not? Speak it. Here's where the enemy has got me tied up, trapped, bolted down. Because once you shed the light of Christ on the darkness of the enemy, it has to flee. So call it out, church. Call it out. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Ever been there? Man, I don't even know what to say. Or, it is so heavy on me, I can't find the words. What do I even ask for? God, I can't even get your name out because my heart is so broken. You been there? God knows. Because when we're in that place, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Intercede. Here's what it means. To go and meet with for the purpose of conversation and consultation. The Spirit of God that lives in you intercedes for you. He goes and meets with God the Father for a purpose. What's the purpose? The one you can't express. The one that you, don't, you can't even find words for. It goes that deep. But he understands where your hurt is. He understands your pain. He knows what you're dealing with physically. He knows what you're dealing with spiritually. And he makes an appointment with God the Father to go talk to him about you. And what you're facing. Not just to have a conversation, but to consult with. You go ever go meet with a consultant? Why do you go meet with a consultant? So they can help you what? Fix what you're dealing with. Because they have answers. And that's why the Spirit goes to God. It's because God has answers for you about you. And what you're dealing with. And so then He gives those answers to the Spirit. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Who searches our hearts? God does. God knows the mind of the Spirit. What's on the mind of the Spirit? You. Your problem. Because He's interceding. Remember, you don't know what to say, so the Spirit makes an appointment with the Father to have a conversation with Him. And to consult with Him. Because God has already searched your heart. And He knows. And so, there's a conversation in heaven. About you. About the things that wait on your life. The things that you fear. The things you don't know, but you desperately want to the things that have hurt your heart the open wounds that we feel like we have and there's already a conversation in heaven going on about you and God the one who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes For the saints, according to the will of God. And because of that, we know that all things work together for good to those who love Him, who love God, and who are called according to His purpose. So, in all of this, we trust. We trust that it's being handled. Because it is. It's a promise. You may not see it in the physical, which can be difficult. But spiritually, it's happening. The question is, do you believe it? And oftentimes, this is where we find ourselves. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. I don't believe as much as I should. My faith isn't as... It's not as strong as it should be, as it could be. And so I find myself in this dilemma of of believing, but do I believe that much? Right? We've been there, right? I believe, but do I believe that much? And that point of where you shift from what you believe to I don't believe that much, is so important. It is so important. Because it's like, I, I believe God can do this, but I'm not sure He can do this for me. There's a lot of us in this room that believe much more for other people than we do ourselves. Right? Right? Do you know that breaks God's heart? It does. It would be you giving Christmas presents to the people that you love. And they look at it, they open it, you know it's something that they've always wanted and they turn and they give it to somebody else because they're not worthy. That point of where you stop believing needs to change. It just does. It needs to change. Now that point is different for everybody, right? There are some people that we look at and they go, man, that guy's got great faith. That lady, man, she is the most faithful person I've ever seen. I wish I had her faith. And then you you need to be real about it too because you're like, I'm not so sure I want that journey. Because I know what they've been through. I know what they've seen. But that point, you need to know where that point is in your life. You really do. You got to figure that out. Here's why Mark chapter 9, amazing story. Jesus, Peter, James, and John just were up on the Mount Transfiguration. They saw all amazing things. I mean, the sky opened up and Moses and Elijah showed up and the whole nine yards. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on up on that mountain. They come back down off of that mountain in that amazing experience and they walk into a crowd of people who are upset and arguing with the disciples that had been left when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration. The argument is about... This man who brought his son to be healed from demonic possession. And the disciples that were there didn't heal him. They couldn't. So Jesus walks into this situation, and the people are like, Oh, finally, you know, Jesus is here, and and we're going to talk to him about it. And so this man comes up to talk to Jesus. And this is what he says, Mark chapter 9. If you ever get a chance to read it, I I would suggest that you do. Jesus walks into the situation. He goes, you unbelieving generation, how long do I put up with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to Jesus and the spirit saw Jesus and immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell on the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turns and he asks the boy's father, I think it's interesting if that would have happened to you, who would have you talked to? Or would you have even stayed there? But Jesus talks to the boy's father and he says, how long has he been like this? Like a a doctor assessing the situation, right? Remember, he's the great, what, physician. From childhood, the the father said, it has often thrown him into the water or into fire to try and kill him. But if you can help do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus' response. I love his first words. If you can. If you can. But Jesus, I've been talking to your disciples, the ones who've been following you. Nobody can help my son. But if you can... If I can. Church, that's who we serve. The one who can. With God, all things are possible. You know what the key word is in that phrase? All. All. I don't care what your issue is. It doesn't matter to me the strain that you feel. Because I know who can heal it. I know who can take care of it. The one who can take care of all things. But he says, Jesus, if you can. And Jesus says, if I can, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the, boy, the boy's father exclaimed, Church, this is where we find ourselves. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Do you hear that? I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You see, I, Jesus, I believe up to this point. Up to this point, right here. But here, I got nothing. That's why the scriptures talk about grow your faith, build your faith. Let it become what God designed it to be. And you know what? Between this point and this point of what your faith is, there have been valleys and trials and troubles. Right? And the difficulty is getting from here to take the next step. Sometimes it's, do I even want to take the next step? But this man was so open and so honest with Jesus that he's like, Jesus, I, I believe up to this point. But you know, I've even brought my son to your disciples and nothing's happening. As a matter of fact, look at my son. He is rolling around on the ground in convulsions, foaming at the mouth. Can you do anything? Well, of course he can. What did this man do that changed his life? He asked. He asked. I believe Jesus, but help my unbelief. Help. The same word that we just read in Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit, what helps us? Ask, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running into the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed the boy violently, and he came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said in the crowd that the boy's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors with his disciples, his disciples asked him privately, why why couldn't we drive him out? This kind comes out by prayer. Another passage says by prayer and fasting. Prayer, communication, talking with the Father. It takes us all to that point of help my unbelief. In this passage that we were working through this morning, all things work together for good through those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Church, if you have Jesus Christ, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, the Spirit lives in within you, you have been called. Plain and simple. You have been called. And He has a purpose for you. In all of this, what is our job? Because as people, we need to know what are we supposed to do. Right? I got to do something. Your job description, love God. That whole passage of building your faith, of understanding that the Holy Spirit speaks to the Heavenly Father for you, about you, and that all things will work together for good to those who love Him. That's your job. Love Him. Cultivate your relationship with Him. But what does that mean? You know how to build relationships with people? Right? Some of us do. Maybe some of us don't. Spend time with him, get to know him. Read the Bible. You know, read the Bible. The Bible's like his journal, it's who he is. I've said before that's why I journal. My kids are going to spend a great deal of time with me, but there will be a day that they won't. And they'll be able to get to know me even more. Because he can read about me, just like we can in the scriptures. We can understand God, we can understand how, how much he loves us, why he did what he did, who he is. Get to know him. Second, be available. Be available. Isn't it nice to know that if something's going on in your life, there is somebody that you can get a hold of, someone that you can call, somebody that you can talk to, because you just know that person is available? That's what God's looking for for us. Are we available? Are you hearing Him when He speaks? Are you engaging Him when He gives you something to do, to be about His business? Our job in defeating the fear of the unknown is to love God and to trust Him and exercise our faith. And if you need more faith, ask for it. Ask for it. If you want more faith, ask for it. When we admit our weaknesses, We are in the best place that we can be to become what he created us to become. Because our weaknesses opens up heaven's door for communication to happen between the Holy Spirit and God himself. Answers given, things that we need to become who he made us to be. Live in faith. Is it easy? Mm, Not really. But it's okay. There's tough things that happen. But coming out of the valleys allows you to experience the mountaintops. And you know what? God's in both places. He's in both places. If you get a chance, read Mark chapter 9. And understand that it is okay to ask God to help your unbelief. Pinpoint in your life where your belief stops and surrender it all to the Lord. Because He will take you from where it stops and you will step further and further and further. Interesting passage, isn't it? God already searches your heart. The spirit in our weaknesses, physically, spiritually, makes an appointment with God himself to talk about you, to get answers. And sometimes all we need to do is wait. Sometimes that's hard enough, isn't it? Allow God to build your faith. Admit where you're at, and ask God to take it from there. Father, Lord God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. God, we thank you for, wow, you're just amazing love for us. God, I thank you for giving us an understanding further of how much you love us, so much so that, that your spirit that lives within us, within us comes and in, in converses with you, and, and you talk about us, and you have answers, and... It's just amazing. But Father, I just ask that that truth sink into our hearts. That it is and that it becomes a part of who we are. Father, that it flies in the face of the fears that we have, the unknown, the what-ifs, the how-abouts, that it um, builds a wall against doubt and worry. And Father, just gives us confidence, um, peace, God, to just pour over us and, so that we stand before you trusting. And Father, those points of where we don't believe, God, I ask for you to meet us there. And Father, to stretch us, to grow us, and to build us. Lord, we love you and we do worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.